0: All right, this is the Stories with Stein Bearcat Fan Podcast, episode number 104. I'm positive of that because I checked beforehand. As always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, partner Jeff Gentle. Jeff, what's shaking?
1: It's been a while. It has.
0: How
1: it's, are you? It's,
0: it's, it's, I'm, I'm good. It's, uh, it's almost October here. I mean, I, if you're one of those people that likes pumpkin spice like my wife, even though it's hideous... Nope. Yep. I know you don't drink coffee, so it's not really a nope. big thing for you. Maybe pumpkin flavored soda. I don't know. Uh, no.
1: Cutting
0: that off, too. Good. Look, look at you. Look at you turning All over right. a new leaf here. All right.
1: Have to. Yep.
0: Well, you know, a lot's changed since our last episode a few months back, Jeff. I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Like what? Like, like nothing major. Yeah.
0: Like the football team's traveling to Notre Dame for a top 10 matchup. They're going to the Big 12 in the next couple of years. Landed a, a four star basketball recruit. You know, no, no big thing.
1: Yeah, it's all right. Just uh, your every day, every week, goings-on. Nothing, nothing major. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Yeah, Jeff, right.
0: let's, let's start with the Big 12 news. Obviously, UC has been trying to position themselves into this spot since pretty much as the Big East collapsed, as, as it was known, when it was a football and basketball league. And then they got turned away in 2016 by the Big 12 when they considered expanding. But, you know, they've updated Nipper Stadium, they've updated Fifth Third Arena. Let's talk about an indoor practice facility. They've made gains in women's basketball, baseball, other Olympic sports. Football's at the highest level it's ever been. Basketball looks like they righted the ship with the hire of Wes Miller. As someone who's grew up there, Jeff, and seen the different conferences and leagues since has been in over the last 30 to 40 years, what does the Big 12 news mean to you in terms of just how much the school and the athletic department, especially, has evolved in your lifetime?
1: Well, uh, you know, my dad probably would have been even, you know, happier uh, because obviously he he went through you know Oscar and all those guys. But you know, I was thinking about this uh, a couple weeks ago that you and I, when. All this was going down with the Big 12 five years ago. We were podcasting and talking about how they had to continue to upgrade things. Because I think they were going through the the Nippert expansion at the time. We were talking about, you know, they're going to have to renovate Fifth Third and they're going to have to do this and that in order to keep themselves in a good position. And they did that. So credit, you know, Mike Bone and and, and uh, uh, Santa Ono and, and, and the board and all those people because they could have just bagged it and she said okay fine you know we're, we're just stuck in the American and you know we're not we're not going to put a lot of money into it because it's just never going to happen well they they, they did it uh, and, and thankfully it was a quick process because after the last drawn out fiasco with Bullsby and, and all that crap you know I don't think the fan base could have taken another two two-year wait uh, for, for this to finally happen. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a big relief. Obviously, you know, tremendously excited. But the other thing is, you're talking about all the conferences that they've been in, you know, Gray West and, you know, Conference USA and the Big East and now the American. Honestly, I don't think everybody's satisfied with this being the final move. Like, you know, there's always talk about the Big 12 imploding. So, you know, maybe the ACC is still the pinnacle because they're not going to get into the Big East and they're not getting into the SEC, or the Big 10, sorry, and they're not getting into the SEC. So, you know, I, I still think they're maybe maybe in the Big 12 for, you know, five or six years and make another move.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone's under the impression that this is the last turn of the wheel when it comes to conference expansion and realignment and certainly uh, <laughs> my dog's is here the, i didn't realize she big was even in the basement
1: off the first check
0: someone rang the doorbell uh, i nice. don't expect anyone today so hopefully sarah's taking care of that upstairs um that was quite a jolt to <laughs> the surprise! system there. yeah surprise yeah. we're here um
1: no the I mean, big 12 is knocking
0: yeah, I I do think that if if they can demonstrate success and and contend and do well in that league, when when the wheel turns again, they'll be right there. Because I think when Oklahoma and Texas, when that leaked, we found out later from from Bowlesby that one of the first calls he got was from John Cunningham. So they're very proactive, yeah. and I think they'll have to continue to be on their toes and continue to move forward. And you're yeah. right; they've been doing this for a long time, and a lot of the you know prior ads and prior presidents and trustee members on the board, they all had to be prepared for this scenario, and I don't think you could have picked a better time in terms of where the football program is, and the polls, and and the trajectory they've been on. To replace two blue-blood football programs like Oklahoma and Texas, you you needed to have recent success. So the Big 12 bringing in Cincinnati and Houston and UCF and BYU, uh, I think it's still going to be a very good football conference, and it, it, it could potentially be the best basketball league, too. So yeah. both football and men's basketball and all the sports have to upgrade their their recruiting. And, you know, the budget's going to go up because you're going to have more money coming in. So yeah. there's a lot of challenges ahead. We don't know when the, when the exact timing is going to be. I'd, I'd imagine about two years from now. And I don't know how it's going to work when Oklahoma and Texas leave, if they're going to be in the league for a year or two before they go to the SEC. Cause, and then it's like if they leave early and they have to pay money, do any of the new schools get any of that money? That's still a lot of um, well, lot to figure out. they
1: can't they can't play with eight eight teams and, and be and get an invite into the playoffs, can they? Yeah. Because if I you don't have if you don't have enough teams, you can't have a conference championship. And then if you don't get the conference championship, I don't, I, I don't know exactly how that works. But um, yeah, I, I, they can't they can't wait. So if Oklahoma and Texas, you know. Pay that whatever forty million dollars it is to get out. You know, the, the 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 Big 12 has to assist in some capacity to allow you know at least two of those four schools to, to join, and I can't see why they wouldn't just go ahead and fight the bullet and do you know do all four. Yeah, because three are in the role. same
0: league. Yeah, how would how would yeah. one of them get out before the other two? Because yeah. BYU isn't under the same obligation; they can come sooner. Right. So there's a little yeah bit of but dark. they
1: have they have so many non-conference football games they can they can't get out of those contracts so they I think they've already said they're joining in, in 2023 yeah but you know I, I'm gonna hit on what you said about budgets and stuff like that I could just imagine you know John Cunningham sitting in his office and here comes you know Scott Guggins and here comes uh Michelle Clark Hurd you know like with, with their hand out like hey we know the money's coming so if you're talking about being day one ready and being in growth mindset, then you know he's—they're going to have to step up and spend some of that money before the first checks even come rolling in.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think it gives the it gives all those teams a two-year head start to kind of get ready. Because I was reading something interesting. I know I mentioned this to you a few weeks ago, or I guess when the realignment news broke, but a West Virginia fan was talking on their board about the expansion and they're like it's great it's like you know a close arrival for them but they said when they joined the big 12 they had had so much success they thought you know they'd go in and be like right in that top tier and right. what they didn't understand was the depth that you need in a league like that because there's no there's no lower level schools pretty for the most part other than kansas and for football kansas. Yeah. yeah so you might look on the shows and be like, oh, you know, how good is Kansas State or Texas Tech or TCU? You know, those schools are all fine, but they're not—they're not bottom feeders. They're not like current UCF, right. USF, excuse me, uh, South Florida's really struggled, or or ECU, or yeah. you know, Tulsa a couple of years ago, and they're really struggling, or Tulane. So I think the weak—you t- can't have the same kind of um, like the team so far this year has been very up and down, which is going to happen early in the season, but you're not going to get the same. A benefit of the doubt or just be able to come out and beat those teams that are much better top to bottom than, than most of the league is. You know, the top of the American's fine. Memphis is good. UCF's fine. Uh, SMU looks very good. Houston's better. But you're not going to have that same drop in, in the bigger leagues. And I think they're going to start recruiting. And, and the depth they're bringing in this year on the, on the defensive in the defensive backfield, they've really stocked up the offensive line defensive line the last couple of years. That will pay off. Because skill-wise, mm-hmm. I think they'll be fine. But we have the same, you know, quality offensive line, defensive line as you move up a league. That'll be the big, uh, the big test there for me. And, and you're right for baseball and women's basketball. You know, it's going to be a much tougher competition. The Americans a pretty good baseball conference, as, as you know. Yeah, but it's a change. It's different.
1: But Big Twelve is is, is better. Like uh, RPI wise, Big Twelve is is still a notch a notch higher. So, you know, every sport across the board, they're going to have to amp up. In recruiting, and you know, they some of them may struggle for a while because there are some sports who are struggling in the American, and you know, they it may take them a little bit longer to get up to speed. Like, you know, as much as we love West so far, you know, they're going to struggle going into Big Twelve initially until they get, you know, some routine uh, recruiting classes of some, you know, couple four stars. Uh, you know, per, per year. Because you can't, you really can't rely on transfer portal and, and, and stuff like that. And, and to hope that guys develop, like you're gonna have to have guys who are ready to play immediately.
0: For sure. And I, and I think, you. I mean, Baylor just won the national championship. Kansas is a blue blood program. Oklahoma State had the number one pick in the draft. Texas Tech's been a steady tournament team. TCU's pretty good. Um, West Virginia's you know, all right. West Virginia's always been pretty good. Kansas State is a, is a threat to make the tournament usually. Iowa State's fallen on hard times, but they have, before that, they were really, really good the last decade. Yeah. So there's again, there's no easy outs in basketball. And someone pointed out, oh, what about the travel? And I'm like, the travel now is not great. Is it any worse going out of right. Texas? No. They can already do right. that. So yeah. the travel's not really a big thing, but you're right. They're gonna to need to increase the talent base. And I just think from the standpoint of, like when they were in the Big East, instead of contending for the top of the conference like they do in the American in basketball most years since they joined, it, it's not, you know, are you going to be right there with, with the Bayors and, and Kansas? And then Houston's coming too, and they come, they're come coming up a Final Four. So you're, you're talking yeah. about, BYU's good in basketball. So yeah. you're talking about getting into that top half of the league and then still being likely to be selected for a, a NCAA tournament bid. So it, yeah, it's definitely a shift.
1: You're, you're going to get a little bit more benefit of the doubt, especially, uh, and I know, don't necessarily matter, but they do they do for certain things. Like, you know, again, last year, look, the the the, the playoff committee <laughs> said because Iowa State and the eye test was better than Cincinnati. Like that's the benefit of the doubt, despite the fact that you know Iowa State lost at home to was mm-hmm. it northern Iowa? Yeah. You know, so you know in some of these things Recruits pay attention to polls. You're going to get the benefit of the doubt. It was Louisiana.
0: Louisiana beat
1: them the first game last year, but they were they were they were turned out to be really good. Yes, but but still, you you get the benefit of the doubt because you're a quote unquote power conference team, and you know may not get you know a super high seed come tournament time, but we saw they were battle tested, you know, in the Big East. When they when they went to the Sweet 16, they were a six seed, but they were not you know a standard six seed. Like they were battle tested, uh, team from the the toughest conference in America. So you know I think it, it'll definitely you'll definitely see some some increased uh, talent come through. Yeah, yeah you'll, 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 you'll be able to get back. you'll be getting into a lot more
0: a lot more um, living rooms that way and get into the door sure. with some recruits because the Big 12 not only offers you know more visibility. You know, you're getting off ESPN Plus potentially, but also players want to play against the best teams. They want to play against Kansas yeah. and right. Oklahoma State, Houston, Baylor. All that, all that comes with that. And I think also will it open up some additional regions of the country they can recruit because they've started to recruit a little bit for football in states like Texas that they haven't yeah. before, Louisiana right. a little bit. And then on the other side of the coin, Jeff, when you look at a new basketball staff coming in. You know, they've got connections all over. Think about the t- the type of non-conference games Wes Miller has said he wants to play. He wants to play in the, the elite events. And being in the Big 12, that'll help a little bit. But on the flip side, there's other really good schools in that league that some tournaments will want to get as well, like a Kansas or an Oklahoma State yeah. or a Baylor. So, you yeah. know, th- th- that all comes with it. And I think the strength of schedule part, like you said, you might have a lower C but when you have like a top 30 strength of schedule just because of your conference, much less anything out of conference you play in football or basketball or other sports – that's a big edge that Cincinnati hasn't had in a long time
1: yeah yeah definitely looking forward to to all of that and you know we're not affected by the money you know but the athletic department's going to going to see a lot more cash come through and it's just nice if you if you are if you are those have-nots and you just see you know all these facilities that people are breaking ground on like if they stayed in the American they're practice facility may have been you know 20 million dollars but now that they're going forward i you know that they can double or triple that thing because hey, they they need they need to you know keep up with the joneses so to speak and it's you know obviously great for recruiting so
0: yeah and if you're going to pitch the donors hey we need this it's like well now we're in the big 12 like we you know it's 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 yeah. it's
1: go time so if they've been
0: holding out or or uh Holding back on asking donors for bigger donations. Now's the time to be like, hey, "Remember that time I told you about that plan we might have to hatch on a rainy day? Yeah. Well, it's
1: raining, and uh, I need the money." So. Well, I remember, uh, you know, when they were still trying to get into the Big 12 five years ago, I had heard from some people that there was some, I guess, donor fatigue. Like some of the higher ups were like, "You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> we got enough money and we can, can give to you, but you know, we need to see." Movement, like conference-wise, and I and I, you know, there are whispers that with this move, that there are some big money donors who are really excited and, and are ready to move off of, you know, some of the heaping piles of cash that they've got. That would be and, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need that uh, Bearcat air. We need that uh, practice facility. Basketball needs one. They there was a story locally about the the. Um, Finalized plans for the four million dollar uh, renovation for the football.
0: The locker room. You yeah, know? I saw that. Yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw your tweet room. about that in the the Biz yeah. Journal, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Yes. all yeah, right So things are moving, and you know, and, and they're going to have to continue, obviously. But it's nice to see progress.
0: Now, speaking of progress yeah. uh, and and visibility and a chance to really put the nation and the country on notice. Kind of a big game coming up on a Saturday afternoon when they travel to South Bend and, you know, our good friends at at the Athletic and Justin Williams have talked about some of the storylines with the coaches and players and other connections between the two schools, even though they've only played a staggering one time, yeah. 121 years ago in 1900. <laughs> Um, I'm old, but I
1: wasn't that
0: type. Yeah, yeah. So this, is, this has been, a, you know, the fact that they negotiated this series a couple of years ago because the Indiana one was negotiated like five or seven years ago. So wow. certainly both teams come into this game with some similar concerns. You know, Cincinnati has the kind of quarterback stability, very few programs in the country have uh, with a four-year starter who has the most active wins of any college quarterback. But both teams have seen some struggles and have had some shuffling along the offensive line. Um, since that's coming off a of bye week, Notre Dame has played four games already. Both have really struggled early on in games and haven't looked great till the second half. And uh, you know some of the key factors, just reading everything and looking into the stats and some of the, the clips I've watched, you know which which defense will make the plays they're both going to play an aggressive attacking style obviously with coach freeman on the notre dame sideline you know since still plays a lot of the same kind of stuff he did when he was the defensive coordinator here notre dame's getting better with it every week you know both teams have legitimate first round players on their defenses and uh i think whichever team starts faster whichever team's offensive line holds up better and whichever team can run the ball because Notre Dame's really struggled to run. Yeah. But they have a top talent at running back who's, I think, they ranked like the third best running back in the class by Mel Kuiper on ESPN. So, Jeff, when you look at this matchup, I know you haven't looked at it quite as closely, but what are you kind of looking for early on in the game to maybe hope that Cincinnati won't duplicate when they played in a hostile road environment two weeks ago at Indiana that really cost them in the first half?
1: Yeah, I think if they can get off to a better start, I'm not going to say boat race, but I think that they can get off to they can get out to a comfortable lead because Notre Dame's offense is not explosive. They haven't run the ball well against, you know, like Toledo and, and a terrible Florida state team. Uh, and they didn't, you know, big, big 10, Wisconsin, you expect them to have trouble, but like, it's not like UC's got a, you know, a young defense. This Obviously very, very experienced. You've got some, you know grad players still playing so these guys have been around for a long time uh, it would be surprising to see notre dame be able to gash the bearcat defense jack Cohn is very pedestrian now, of course i'm going to say that and he's going to go off but he hasn't done you know much he's not very mobile if the game is you know raining uh it could even slow down you know their attack even more um I think playing in a hostile environment already will help them. I know it was Indiana, but it was their first non-conference sellout in how many years. They don't get many sellouts. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that all of that leads to, you know, a little bit more calm to start and they can just kind of pull away at the end. Cause let's, you know, for as great, as the score looks for Notre Dame, like they were losing going to the fourth quarter against Wisconsin. And they're not great. They were losing at home to Toledo, who's not great. They had to go to overtime against a winless Florida state team. I know that was on the road, but still like that team lost to an FCS opponent. So, you know, but I go back and forth. I'm like, there's something that Marcus Freeman has been holding until this game. Uh, but I, I just I just don't know. Like, is he going to be able to rattle Dez? Is the offensive line going to be able to give him time? I go back and forth between you know UC's going to get pounded to they're going to win by three touchdowns. So I really really don't, wh- who do you think it benefits more, Mike Denbrock or Marcus Freeman? Since they've they've you know coached against each other in practice for a couple years.
0: I mean, just on the surface, I think because Freeman took over an entirely new roster and situation, and they've made improvements each week but struggled in a couple of games early, giving up big plays. I think Dembrock gets a slight edge just because he's had the same personnel and, and everything, and he's, the continuity's there. So, yeah, there's going to be familiar, familiarity between both. So, I mean, it's, it's a slight edge, if anything. I mean, like you said, Cincinnati's got a ton of experience at quarterback wide receiver, tight end, all these spots. Offensive line still has some experience, although their most experienced lineman might not play. Um, but all those guys that are likely to suit up and play on the offensive line have, have at least yeah. a handful of starts under their belt. And I know Notre Dame was playing their fourth string left tackle, and they've had some other shuffling there. So I think for me, you might see a few wrinkles, but like Luke Fickle's been saying all week to the media, you know, despite all those storylines leading into it and, and how well they, they know each other, once the, once the game kicks off, it's it's all oh, that's going to kind of go out the window. So I think yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of adjustments because Brian Kelly's a heck of a coach, as we know. What kind of wrinkles are they going to put in? They have other quarterbacks they can use that are more mobile. Weather could definitely be a big factor. And one thing I'm looking at is Notre Dame's front seven is very good, and on the back end, you know, obviously their their safety Hamilton's a top five NFL pick. Their other safety, not as good. Their corners have you know looked better against Wisconsin. Again, not a very good passing attack. So there's so many different weapons Cincinnati can use. So if they take away Wiley with Hamilton and can maybe neutralize Pierce, you know, what about Tyler Scott? What about Michael Young? And then yeah. Jerome Ford, can he bust one off? Because he hasn't really had a, you know that kind of breakout game against better competition just yet. And can they avoid some of the turnovers and pre-snap penalties that put him in second and long? You don't want to be in second and long. That's another name. So you want to make sure you can avoid some of that and work on snap counts, things of that nature. And I think defensively you might see a little bit more four-man front just to give them a different look because I think if Notre Dame's offensive line has struggled that much, do you really want to put a three-lineman front against a team that has the ability to run better and has such high-level talent on the roster, you know, uh, They're going to mix in some new looks that maybe Notre Dame won't expect. So, all those things yeah. kind of go together. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I've seen predictions on both boards being like, oh, it's going to be 42 21. And I was like, you tell me these teams are going to come out for 60 plus points. I'll take that bet right now. Because yeah, no way. I think it's going to be like a 23 20, 24 21, 27 24 kind of game. If anyone gets to 30, okay. that team's winning.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, you're close to mine. I already submitted my prediction to Chad. So. Uh, I, I think it's going to be right around those scores that you just said. So I yeah. won't I won't give it away. Yeah, it's tough. <clears throat> yeah, you know I, you know intangibles like if it's I know here they're not calling for rain, but you know South Bend's a what three and a half four hour drive away, so the weather could be completely different. I just I think if it is, I, I still give a nod to the team with more experience. And I think, you know, fifth, fourth-year quarterback – well, fifth year, I guess, has redshirted. So he's been around. I know Jack Cohn has been too, but you know, he, he doesn't necessarily have the pedigree. Um, and he was hurt all last year too. Yeah. He's not very mobile. And I think And, he, and he was he, injured against Wisconsin. Yeah. No. Now, that's the thing. Like, is, is BK playing games with us? Like, is he, you know – is he telling – I think he just said today that you know they're they're preparing all three quarterbacks. So if they really are, then you know one of those the the one guy who plays is not going to be as prepared because you're not going to get as many snaps in in practice. And but if they are going to play three, then it could you know play into Notre Dame's favor because it's it's kind of hard to prepare for three different quarterbacks. You just don't know what you're going to get with those those two backups.
0: Yeah, but I also think on the same at the same time, if you start mixing in quarterbacks with an offensive line that's struggling, with different cadences and snap counts mm-hmm. and stuff like that, is that going to mess up the offensive line yeah. more? And I do think that Notre Dame, you know, their receivers haven't really—they have one really, really good receiver who's had a good start to the year, and then their tight ends tremendous as well. Their other wide receivers haven't really stepped up, so Cincinnati's strength and their most experience is in their secondary so they have they have three three corners more than capable of, of making interceptions and shutting someone down if their yeah. safeties can tackle you know who's going to cover notre dame's tight end uh that that's a big question i would that's have a big, you know yeah. because deshaun pace is starting to play more and more at 6-2 like 220 he gives you the ability to run sideline to sideline he's coming off the best game of his career yeah is he going to be tasked with trying to to chase that chase Mayer? so yeah. We'll see. And then also from the Notre Dame standpoint, if you're talking about mixing in all these different quarterbacks, well, how does that work with your receivers and your tight end in terms of familiarity and timing? Yeah, all yeah. those things go into it. Yeah. Cincinnati's got so much cohesiveness and a relatively healthy team, the guys that have been together for years and years. So that's all going to factor in. And one thing I do wonder about as well, they played at Indiana two, year, two weeks ago. Notre Dame's a, kind of a different animal in terms of just the size of the stadium and everything else that goes along with it. Yeah. So having played Georgia in the Peach Bowl last year and then Indiana 2 weeks ago, this won't be, this at least won't be their first game against the hostile crowd, which is a good right. thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I know the Peach Bowl wasn't hostile, but, you know, facing the kind of talent that they did uh, against Georgia, I don't think they will, you know, go in wide-eyed. And you know if they get punched in the mouth in the first quarter, kind of like what they did in Indiana. Uh, did you hear Pete Thamel? Like he was, he just said that, you know, they they, they just kept playing. They got punched, and they didn't flinch. And I, I really think that that will play into their advantage because, you know, it's not not going to be the first time that they played the the kind of talent level that they that they will play on Saturday. So. Uh, Let's, let's just hope they can keep their cool early. If they keep their cool early and get off to a good start, man, um, who knows what could happen? Because yeah. I, I don't see them buckling down, down, the, down, the, uh, down the stretch. I really don't. Yeah, and
0: something that the Notre Dame fans and their writers have been concerned about, too, is just how much Ritter could run. Could there be a little bit more read option? Because they've barely used that the first four games. Is this the week where... Yeah, it was kind
1: of like that last year. Yeah. The first couple weeks. Mm-hmm. They just they didn't let Des run, didn't let him run, and all of a sudden, it was like that SMU game. He yes. just went nuts.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of in so, the back pocket, too. So besides, you know, they have two NFL-caliber tight ends. You got Ford's probably going to be in the NFL at some point. You got some really nice receivers, a lot of experience at receiver. So at one point, you know, a lot of weapons, but it hasn't really, you know, come together for either team this year. Is either team going yeah. to put together a complete game or like three really, really good quarters? If, if one team does that, that team's going to win because as good as Cincinnati's roster is and as good as Notre Dame is, something's got to give. And I think neither team has played another team that's quite as good, you know, quite as equally matched in a lot of ways, especially from Cincinnati's standpoint. When have they ever had this many potential first or second round picks on the roster at the same time when have they been ranked this high and had this much experience on top of it notre name's inexperienced in a lot of areas with a new defensive system with a with a a transfer quarterback and two other quarterbacks behind it that are more mobile but very inexperienced in in comparison so all these different things it's like well something's gonna gonna give at some point who's gonna make the big play can Cincinnati, you know, set up a, a big read option? Can they set up some play action or a deep shot? Can they get the matchups they want? And, you know, it's it's going to be, a, 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 you know, one team doing one thing and the other team trying to counter and, and who counters best. It's going to be Fickle versus Freeman, you know, uh, teacher versus student in some respects. And yeah. uh, it, I'm just hoping it's a good game, enjoyable to watch. The first quarter and a half versus Indiana was not enjoyable to watch. No. So uh, I, I do you I, 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 think.
1: Do you think Brian Kelly is gripping a little bit, having scheduled this game what three years ago, thinking that it was just going to be a bye game, and you know, even if since they'll be good, but they won't be, they they won't be a threat.
0: Well, I, I certainly don't think when they agreed to this and, and are paying Cincinnati 1.2 million dollars for this game that they thought it was going to yeah. be Cincinnati coming in ranked higher and being and and uh, being favored of all of yeah. things, in Notre Dame. So, no, yeah, I yeah. don't think he thought that at all. And, I mean, it's it's good to see at the same time because people talk about, oh, since Cincinnati doesn't have a, a, the football tradition or history. And I was like, well, look at the coaches that have come through here. And, and Even, yeah. like, in the 90s, you know, John Harbaugh was on staff yeah. and uh, Sam Pittman, is the head coach in Arkansas, and they're, and they're going to Arkansas next year and getting yeah. 1.5. That might be the last big buy game football gets next year for okay. uh, 1.5 million from Arkansas. I would imagine so, I would imagine.
1: so yeah. Well, hopefully there's some made TV games, you know, in the future. That would be that be nice to see. Not necessarily talk about Ohio State because you know, I don't really care about playing Ohio State. I know a lot of people do, but I, I, I like playing different teams. I, you know, I don't even care. I, I know people love the Louisville rivalry, but I really don't care about Louisville. I want to play all sorts of teams. Like I don't want to play the same teams every year. That's why all these conferences going to you know 10, 9 conference football games. Like why do you want to play the same teams? every year. I don't understand that. Why, do you, why don't you want to play some different teams? Make some different trips. yeah? Like go out west. I, and, I just think that stuff's more fun.
0: And maybe the Big 12 will open up more doors. You know, when they played this, the UCLA series in basketball and football, you know, that was really cool. So yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing something like that, you know, playing like Utah or Washington or Arizona schools like that, football, and basketball, that would be kind of cool, or, or, you know, I know they play, I think they played Michigan in a one-off game a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so that, that would be kind of neat. So yeah, playing uh, Penn State, yeah, that would all be really cool because those games don't happen very much. There's, there's something special about that. I could definitely uh, right. get on board.
1: All right. It's um, tough, though, because like, oh, one more thing. Yeah. Because like, if you, it's just a lot because you know, Clemson played Georgia in the first game and losing Trevor Lawrence obviously it's going to going to play a major factor but so they just got they just got unlucky and so what if what if UC gets you know the chance to play uh, i don't know name name any big ten or SEC school like first game next year and Evan Prater is your is your starter you know four four years with Dez and then Prater you know gets his uh, indoctrination on national TV against you know Georgia or whoever like that's that's just that's really difficult.
0: Well, good luck. They're, yeah. doing, that, they're doing that next year at Arkansas this time. Yeah, out, right. so
1: Well, that's true. We got, but I, I think Arkansas is very senior heavy this year, so uh, they're going to lose a lot. But I'm, you know, I'm sure they'll reload. Um, but that that definitely be a daunting task. And I wonder, and I have tweeted about this. I wonder if they wouldn't bring in you know, a grad transfer just just for one year. But then again, you know, getting a year for Prater under his belt before you go into Big 12 might be really beneficial as well. We can talk about that later. Yeah, because
0: the one thing you'll have next year, too, is you're you're losing quite a bit, but you're still bringing back, uh, you know, a good amount of players that have still rotated in on defense. And then the offensive Mm line is the one area where you have just only one senior. So that that should be a strength where it's not really as much of a strength compared to some of the other position groups this season, and you will bring back quite a few players uh, a wide receiver, a few running backs that yeah. played, you
1: know. and they're you know they're bringing in you know another really really good recruiting class. Yes. Yes, for
0: sure, so, for if, sure.
1: If you, if you have to dip into that, which they
0: may not. So. Now, now, Jeff, moving over to men's basketball, practice officially started today. I know a lot of schools yes. have started the last couple of days, so practice starts today. And like a lot of schools, you know, I, I've talked to people about this. They're like, yeah, I'm going to practice tomorrow, but it's going to be the first handful of days are all about, like, rebounding drills and, and defensive yeah. philosophy, defensive installs. It's not very sexy or exciting when you think about, basketball practice starting but it's you know it's been a culmination since Wes was hired in april it's been a five and a half month journey to get here and before this season even starts he's coming off his biggest recruiting win since he was hired and he got four star daniel skillings who is from south jersey just for all the people that weren't aware so i am from new jersey he's from south jersey clearly he and i will be the best of friends i'm just kidding (laughs) but they went head-to-head with nc state Pittsburgh, Virginia Tech, Miami. He visited Pitt, he visited NC State, visited Cincinnati first. That was his first official visit. NC State got the last one. People were getting very nervous. And then like the following Thursday or Friday from that NC State visit, he commits to Cincinnati. So he's a huge, huge land, huge part of this first class to go along with Sage Tolentino. In the 22 class, and you know they're only going to take probably three high school players in this class, just because they don't have as many seniors. And with a transfer portal, you just don't know. So he's a huge right. get for Wes and company. And he offered the kind of scoring on the wing and defense. He, he's got like a seven seven foot wingspan for a six five six six kid. So he's got a he's got potential to be a lockdown defender in college too.
1: Yeah, I remember Chad talking about him constantly over the summer? Just like, this is the kind of kid that you know you really need to get, but but you know, looking at his offer list and, and the places that he was going to visit, you know, I was just like, ah, oh, okay, it'd be nice, you know, but we'll finish second or third as as we have a lot recently. But, you know, and we're not going to delve into the past coaching regime, but I think, you know, a, a new day, a new dawn is here, and I think, you know, I think Wes, is, Wes and his experienced staff, uh, they're going to do some really good work here. And I think this is just, you know, just the, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah.
0: And he, they picked the best weekend for him to visit. He was here, the, you know, the opening of the football season, sold yeah, out stadium. Well, yeah.
1: What if he would have gone to NC state the weekend that they knocked off Clemson? Right. Like that was a home game for NC state. That, that stuff's, you know, d- lucky.
0: Timing, timing is everything in life as timing we know. Is so they, they life. lined it up perfectly. And I know he had a great time and, you know, obviously he feels really comfortable with the coaching staff and, and where they see him fitting in. And you look at what the team is going to need, you know, what they may have kind of lacked, you know, since Jaron left was just, you know, a, a dominant a scorer on the wing. Yeah. yeah. So can he be that guy? Because when, when we talk about recruiting at a higher level, you can find players like that that are not rated as high, that develop into those players. But it's, it, that's a little more difficult so when we kind of harp on four stars or higher rated players that's kind of what we're referring to they're in high demand because people see their potential to be double digit scorers earlier in their college careers to be the kind of player that could be an all-conference type a player you can build around because you need those kinds of players if you're to be successful going into the gauntlet of a basketball conference that the big 12 is going to be
1: uh yes and hopefully more are coming like him and um yeah, because I mean that's the only way they're going to be able to compete going forward. Uh, you, you need guys, <laughs> need guys to put the ball in the bucket. Yeah, and uh, you know sometimes around here last, I mean, for for as much as you know as Mick won, like there weren't not there were not a lot of guys who were bucket getters. That it sounds like Skilling's is one of those guys who can just fill it up.
0: Yeah, and I think when you look at this year's roster, I think they'll be solid. They should be very good defensively. Got a lot of rebounding potential well, and size up front, but I wonder about the score. Yeah,
1: they're they're going to be better than the last two years at defense. Let's just get that right out there in the open. That's that's not going to be much of a of a debate, I don't think, because I, I don't think they could be any worse than they were the last two years.
0: Yeah, and I I think with the depth I have at center and up front, you know, you got. I think the two active leaders or at least the active leader and career blocks in the NCAA is Hayden Koval and Abdul Lado is right there as well. I think he's got like 250 blocks and Koval has got 300 and change. That's 500 plus blocks coming to your program. And those yeah. are two guys that have, you know, Koval, you know, he's been in college for, uh, this will be his fifth year, and Otto, this will yeah. be his sixth year. He redshirted one year because they got the extra year. So yeah. you're talking about not just your typical. There's no true freshman on this roster. So you got Dr. Koval and Dr. Addo, uh defending the rim for you, and, and Odio Guama's has played two years in the ACC. They'll, you know they'll inject physicality, toughness, rebounding, shop blocking. You need that. And I think with if Davenport keeps progressing into Julius, the reports on him are very good. And a steady hand of, of, of Micah Adams-Woods and, and the energy and effort that Mike Saunders Jr. And, and Mason Madsen play with, the addition of John Newman. And then we'll see what the other two UNCG guys can do, and A.J. McGinnis and Jared Hensley. And, and I'm not yeah. sure how much locking can contribute this year. So, you know, we'll kind of see uh, how it shakes out. They're playing two secret scrimmages. One was already leaked by the coach of Indiana, Mike Woodson, so they're going to scrimmage Indiana, which I think is really good because that will be a good team. And they took a foreign trip this summer, so they got extra practices in. So that will be good before the season begins. And, you know, I'm just excited to to see this team on the the court and playing in front of the fans again.
1: Yeah, I think – I don't know about everybody else, but I am looking forward to game action and no longer talking about – you know, player well being and how good of a time they're having and oh you know, it looks like these guys are having a really good time playing basketball again. I you know all that stuff behind us. Like it's nice just to to be moving forward toward actual games again and hopefully uh in person games instead of everything being on T V be nice to get back into the arena. Use that arena as a home court advantage. For the program, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm
0: excited. I... Yeah, I'm planning on making the drive out to Kansas City the week of Thanksgiving to see them play Illinois, and then either Arkansas or Kansas State in the second game. And I'm, I'm probably coming out to Cincinnati in about three weeks to uh, to make a visit with my oldest son and, and see some people and, and maybe uh, you know catch a glimpse. So yeah, this is all exciting, and with football being where it is and basketball starting, you know, this is this is the time of year that people enjoy if you're a big fan of college sports and yeah i just can't wait for fan reactions and crowds and all the stuff that goes along with what, what with what makes college sports great
1: yeah yes it's all it's all really positive right now around uc yeah i just hope it continues on saturday should be a heck
0: of a game. I'm excited. It'll be good to be uh, on national TV, uh, you know, playing against the historic program like Notre Dame. And, I, you know, I just what I'm really thankful for is that the players and the coaches that have put all the effort into getting the program to where it is today over the last, you know, four or five years is that they get to enjoy this moment, and they get to play Notre Dame when they're both ranked in the top ten. This is something they'll never forget, and I just hope they can take advantage of the opportunity. And, you know, win or lose – I know the effort's going to be there, and it's easy to cheer for this team because of how hard they play and how well coached they are and, and just how much they want it. And I feel like yeah. Ritter and Ford and Pierce and Wiley and, and Majai Sanders and all those guys, they really want it. And Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant and all the names I can think of. Cook, Hicks, Pace, yeah. Van Fossen, DeBlanco, all those guys. Yeah. <laughs> you want a roster? Yeah, I'm just going to do it off the top of my head as best I can. Where,
1: where are you going to watch the game? Well,
0: my dad's coming. I'm going to watch it on TV. I got all my streaming set up without too much of a hurdle, so it'll be on NBC Sports, I believe, streaming. And then my dad's coming to visit. He'll be here sometime on Saturday. The game starts right around the time my youngest wakes up from his nap. So I already told Sarah, you know, she went out. She was gone for about five hours last week with some friends. I was like, I just want to watch the game by myself. So I'll probably be watching (laughs) on my, my big TV in my basement. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just trying to enjoy the game and, and, you know, hoping for the best possible outcome. You know, win or lose, I know they'll leave it all
1: on the field. I think you're right. Let's hope for a a big, big, big W. Would this be the biggest win in in program history, or is it still Pitt?
0: I mean, if if it ends up that they have an undefeated season and they get to the college football playoff, then you would have to point to this game as being bigger. But... Until until that happens, I don't think you could be put put it in front of just yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good debate, but one that we can have another time.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I, know, I know you're busy, Jeff. So uh, I appreciate you for for joining me as always, and we'll start to do this a little a little more frequently now.
1: Let's hope. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very nice to talk Bearcats again.
0: Yes. All right. Thanks again, Jeff. All right. Thank you. Yeah.